Hey there, it's David. And I'm Mother Goose. Hey, Mother Goose. <laughs> We're back. Week three. Week three, and I'm not Mother Goose. I'm Gia. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Silhouette's JB Podcast, the deepest dive into Jersey Boys you can ever take. From the movies to the stage show, which is not just Broadway, but off-Broadway, and the national tours, Australia, the West End, everywhere. We got you. We got you covered. Um, if you want to know about casting, if you want to know about silly fun show mistakes if you want to know about script structure analysis this is it this is your one-stop shop we got special games we got italian word of the day we got quizzes we got trivia all with the moon and the stars and the sky rolled out into one yes and i think I, we I, know we use that line in episode two but it's okay it's gold and we're gonna use it now too it's and so good for this episode uh this is a very special this is definitely a special one where we brought some you know current fun topics to infuse with um with like the monologues that we are going to dive into yeah yeah we're really gonna get into um because as you know a lot of the show is spent like the characters talk directly to the audience, breaking the fourth wall and really getting to know so that we really get to know them on like a, almost a personal level. It's, you know, they're telling us their story. And um, so we're going to really dissect some of those parts today and we're going to bring our own little flair, some fun, some fun times some fun. into it. You know, have some fun, have a little fun, have some fun. Some fanuka, yeah, some fennel. phenomenal. Have some fun. We yeah. didn't plan an Italian word of the day, but it's fanuk. It's fanuk. Yeah, you so I don't know if you guys it. do this, but um, in my Italian family, my mom calls fennel. You know, like fennel, it tastes like like licorice. That's the only way I can like really describe it. It's a really? vegetable. Yeah, I think it's like it's like one of those. Yeah, it's licorice, and um. I love it, but my mom always called it fanuk growing up. I'm like, Ma, what is it? Like, where, where's the fanuk? Where is it? And then she would start laughing at me, and she's like, oh, no. Like, if you go to the store, it's called fennel. And I'm like, what the hell is a fennel? And uh, and that's and that's where we are today. So I told this story to David yesterday, and he, he has to use it every day of his life now. I fell in love with it. Like, I used it at work today, even. Like, you know, that's how deep it sits in my soul now, the fanuk. You can use it as a as a noun, you know, when you're talking about fennel, like the vegetable. You can like a vegetable. You can use it as a noun when you're talking about like a piece of hair or like a nose, whatever you want. Or <laughs> yeah, that come from? Uh, yeah, it's like a, a piece it's like of a hair. Yeah, like, like a you know, lock like, of hair. <laughs> a piece of hair. <laughs> Yeah, a lock of yeah. hair, like you know, that's that that's cool a too. Like chunk, a lock, a clump a, of hair. The clump. Now, that's that's good. Okay. <laughs> that's a clump of hair. Urban Dictionary update, please. Get on this. Yeah. Again, um, or a verb, or it's like you just got fanuk. Fanuked. You just got fanuk, or you know, you want to get fanuked. You know, <laughs> so it's, it's the you new have our blessing. Jokers. Yeah, you have our blessing to use it. Tell us how you use Fanuk. Let us know. Um, tag us on Instagram at at silhouettes JB podcast underscore hashtag. This is how I Fanuk. <laughs> Please. Let's, um, yeah, so so uh, getting into the episode today, um, I was talking with Gia and we're always looking for something fun to do, like something fun to relate back to the boys, the Jersey boys. I I don't own that melody. It's not mine. It's all good. (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) Sad. (laughs) All right. Enough with all the fanooking and let's get down to business. Stop fanooking around, David. We got a show to do. Get into the nitty gritty. We got a show to do. Let's get into the nitty gritty. Gia, what have we got? In store today. All right. So today's episode is specifically about love languages. David and I talk about them all the time. If you don't know, a wonderful wise man named Gary Chapman wrote a book called The Five Love Languages. And basically, 
All right. So what they are, you got words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. So this is about how you receive love and how you express love. And we think it's really important for everyone to take it and to always tell new people about them or take them even frequently to see how they change, you know, depending on how your life is going. Um, Yeah. So we basically wanted to see... Um, If we could brainstorm and theorize each season's love language and back it up with their dialogue. Because if you think about it, as we were talking about, about if you think about it, (laughs) as we talked about last time with Kanan, our producer, so much of the amazingness of the show is that conscious genius right the conscious genius versus that unconscious genius and a lot of things reflected in the script are are reflected in 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 real life too if that makes sense like how they they really captured these characters and gave them real qualities and even though they're they obviously are real they're obviously real people but and it's not a work of fiction, but it's still, it's, you know what I mean, <laughs> Gia? <laughs> yes, of course, because there's so, the thing is, bec- because the writing is so genius and the characterization, the characterization is so genius, of course, that that's why we're doing the show, is because there's so much to dissect, whether it was intentional or not. And we we come up with topics like this that we didn't even like, weren't even like, oh, this is this is something that we can talk about. And it's it's not having immediately to do with the script, but it's an aspect of real life that was reflected by the creators. Yeah, and that is absolutely discussed and studied today on crazy levels. So, we hope that this idea doesn't come across as cheap or like as like oh, like they're already running out of ideas. Let's just do a love language thing. No, because that's the story is about the brotherhood. It's about different people with different personalities going through this larger than life experience. So, we it's think that this absolutely has something to do with it. And the show is all yeah. about love in more ways than one so we're gonna break it down this ain't no clip show that's all i'm gonna say on that matter and that's on period yes so for today's episode specifically we were talking about love languages we talk about them pretty often and how important they really are in friendships and relationships of course so you know how you receive love and there are five qualities that people um, have a certain ranking for so there's words of affirmation acts of service quality time gifts and physical touch and of course relating it back to the seasons we were like okay like which like who has what like which season like has like this love language versus another language so um let's just let's just brainstorm let's see what yeah we 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 each wrote down some notes and um so uh i guess i'll go first um for tommy i put for tommy gifts acts of service and maybe quality time the way i see it is you know tommy's a very materialistic person you know, he sees what he can count in his hand or in a suitcase. You know, he says that's our song. Number one in Paris, 2000, 10 weeks. He's listing off the things that the song, like the, the, the stats, the the ratings, this and that, what he can count. Things that are tangible. You know, he'll buy you out, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but in the end, he's left with nothing. Right. And then he's all like, you guys don't give me any respect. I do something for you. So why the fuck aren't you doing anything for me? It gets very dark. And his love language is definitely very dark, I think. So he uses his love language not to communicate how he feels, but to manipulate. And we were talk- we talked about this with um, with Jamard. Um, hopefully we'll be able to get him back in the studio again. Um, But we talked about this a lot 
you know, Tommy's manipulations and how he just did it. So his, in my opinion, his love languages, he manipulated them. And that makes me wonder what his real love language is and whether, because we, we never really get to see that side of him. And so that that's that's something that I think about a lot, actually. So that's what I think about with Tommy. Yeah, well, I, I definitely I agree with you with gifts and acts of service, 100%. But I think what makes the writing so great and his characterization is that, you know, gifts to me is surface Tommy, you know, because uh, it, it is about like tangible. Give me this. Give me that. Like, I, I'm the one who makes this happen. You know, I get this. I get the I get the apartments to keep my girlfriends in stuff like that. Um, but then at the end, you know, like he never reciprocated that to to frankie you know because like not one christmas present not one christmas card whatever so in in his way like his way of giving love is acts of service like to make it happen and i think he wanted those in return um or at least some like words of affirmation because especially in the half a mil scene like you know he's like well crucify me right like at least in the movie that's like how it seemed um yeah so quality time i'm not really too sure you know like the when they were like like demonizing him like i i use that very lightly that word um but you know when they were making him seem like it's just like apartments to keep his girlfriends in like that's the kind of quality time that he wanted like but he never really spent the time in the studio where the whole that's like where everything with the band should have been bonding them more but it didn't so i would say overall acts of service is his love language Sure. That's his primary one, you think? Yeah, I think so. And yeah, I think yeah, mm-hmm. I, I would I would have to agree with that. Yeah, it's just a um, testament to the writing because you see like what brilliant. he actually wants versus how he how he like projects himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um. So I I wrote I um I wrote down I wrote down some stuff from Frank for Frankie. Um, I wrote down words of affirmation, acts of service. And quality time. Now, something I was very interested in was it's very similar to my analysis of Tommy. But it's kind of almost the anti-opposite. I don't know if that is a word. I'm pretty (laughs) sure I just made it up. Um, And I'm going to get it coined in the dictionary. But I was going to say... I was going to say maybe he was Tommy's foil character. Just 100%, like, you know, 100%. But I'm not exactly sure if I can exactly classify it as a foil character because when you think about classic foil characters, for me, the first one is Harry Potter and Lord Voldemort, right? They are each other's foils. They have a lot of the same wants, but wait, no, you know what? Yeah. I I just answered my own question. Yeah, Tommy and Frankie are definitely foil characters, and I didn't even think about that until I was preparing for this episode, and it just added that next level for me for the writing. Like, wow. Like, they really made them – they really made Tommy and Frankie the foil characters, and – Frankie was brought up by Tommy, right? He was his little brother. You know, I ain't your little brother, but really, you know, Frankie, uh, Tommy got Frankie started, you know? And so they're very similar in their essence, but in their execution of actions is where they differ, how they utilize their love languages and how they project themselves. Frankie is more direct with what he really wants, and Tommy, you really have to get it out of him. And... um. You know, like you said before, not one Christmas present, not one Christmas card, gifts. Um, not one time you ask me how how my kids are doing, how I'm doing. You know, that's words of affirmation and quality time, you know, rehearsing, spending that time together and building that bond as a band and as brothers in music and brothers in life. And I think that's – I think all three of them are very equally – frankie's love language in my opinion yeah no i can't get behind that for sure um as far as the order goes i would also agree that words of affirmation is his top but but the reason why 
I, I came to that conclusion was because in all of his monologues, he's always referring or just like empathizing with everyone else. You know, like he feels bad for Tommy. Like Tommy's the reason why like they are, like they got how as far as they got, you know, like they'd be on the streets if it wasn't for Tommy. And same thing with Nick, you know, he talks about how much like, like, you know, like if Nick would go on stage at, at the end, he's like, yeah, like I love Nick. I don't know why he left. I feel terrible, you know. There's so much guilt that comes to that. And maybe it's because of what wasn't said. Um, it was only what was said like to the fourth wall or breaking the fourth wall that that's where all of those words really came out. So that's kind of why I'm going for words as my top. Um, also surface level, especially when he was a teenager and, you know, at the beginning of at least in act one, um, you know, it's like, like, are you kidding? Like, family is like, everyone has a girlfriend, honey, everybody, you know, but family is everything. So he was, you know, he was hooking up with a bunch of girls. And so that, that physical touch was definitely important to all of them on a physical, like on just on a surface level. But I think maybe it meant more to him um, than maybe other people in the show. Um, as far as quality time, I totally agree. I think, I think in that way, uh, I'm trying to think because it, it does go hand in hand with words of affirmation a lot. Um, but again, it's just because it wasn't shown. We'll never really know. Right. Yeah. Hmm. And I think they try to get more into that in the movie. Absolutely. I yeah. think they do try to get more into that in the movie. Yeah, that's, it, where, that's why that's like I they had the, the like the scene like the winter scene. Well, well, it's in the show too, but it just seemed more impactful before can't take. You know, it was after Francie died. They're at the diner. He gives him the sheet music like that. That was a much more intimate moment. So that was quality time for sure. And then the scene with Francine. Yeah. Um, in the mm-hmm. in the, the in the yeah, Can get I him get a, a coke. coke yeah. 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 So, so he does that... take the time. In the movie, he takes the time. In the show, he's just a chicken with his head cut off the whole time. Running around the map like a cockroach. Mm-hmm. You and me both, pal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Frankie is more intuitive and like he's very much interested in the world and the people around him. He, he, he never thinks about himself. That's not the way he's portrayed. In both the show right. and the movie. It's all about how this is affecting Tommy, how this is affecting Bob, how to keep everyone happy. And he couldn't. And that's why I was always so surprised at the car scene. You know, I, everybody has a girlfriend because that was the that's like one of the only times you see him being selfish. Mm-hmm. And that always true. impacted me for some reason. I never understood why until like at this very moment like that's that's the reason like i was i was always it would always made me feel like different but now i understand why yeah um well that well, like that can do a whole other can of worms just like with italian american culture and how that was expected back then of people to have a guma you know people on the side flash forward not flash forward oh foreshadow foreshadow <laughs> a, a nearby episode Stay tuned. We're going to be yes. talking about some stuff. Italian lifestyle. Tune in. Um, so now we got Bob. Um, what do you have for Bob? Oh, okay. All right. My thoughts for Bob. Bob is 100% quality time, I think. Because it's quality time with his wife, you know, at the end, you know, with my beautiful wife in Tennessee, all that stuff. Um, but he does not give a fuck about the old neighborhood. So as far as quality time back then, no way. Um, but I think he definitely has um, a yearning for quality time with people. But again, we see that with Frankie and we see that bonding with him, like not only because of like his talent, like, but um, well, maybe because that's the thing. That's really how we see Bob. It's Bobby businessman. You know, like he wants to get with Frankie. He wants to like, you know, do their own thing on the side. Um, he really doesn't interact much with Tommy. And when they do, they're always butting heads. Uh, he never really talks to Nick, you know, until the half well, scene. And he doesn't really care. No. You know, well, if you remember, mm-hmm. um, and the scene wasn't in the movie, but in the show, right before 
my boyfriend's back. Oh yeah, yeah. After yeah. That's a oh, what a night. I mean, I love that scene just because we see Bobby and Nick, who Nick wasn't really interacting with anyone besides for Tommy, and Bob wasn't really interacting with anyone besides for Frankie. Mm-hmm. Like these two people, the geniuses of the group. They come together and they have this hysterical scene about cars where it's like a double entendre for like yeah. women. Um, <laughs> get inside me. Um, and I always loved on Broadway when um, on the car, vroom, they had the, the lights from the car shine. Mm-hmm. Um, I always loved that. Um, yeah. it no, that that's a vi- it's such a fun scene. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. So you're right. I stand corrected. Um. Which is, so it's fun, but like so that definitely is like like a guy bonding moment for sure. Um. But it does seem though like he's always like growing like as a person, but more for his benefit. Does that make sense? Yeah. He yeah. was like he was he was selfish, but not really. Like he was growing no. for his benefit, but. Mm-hmm. He, he was, was just always making sure for he the wasn't going to get this... screwed over because he knew right. that like they were working with the mob and all that stuff. So he's just like, I don't need part of that. I want to yeah. do my own thing with the music. No and... stolen goods, Tommy. No stolen goods. No stolen goods. Right. Exactly. They fell off a truck. But yeah, it's it's very interesting. But, so I do think overall quality time is Bobby's biggest thing. Um, he didn't need words of affirmation because he was so good, you know, because none of this could have happened without me. Like he knows that he was he was totally fine. <laughs> with that knowledge yeah yeah what do you think i um (laughs) i came up with physical touch (laughs) why did i think of that that's so funny Uh, he didn't need it before but tommy was right it's more fun with another person yes if you know you know um but let's explain so of course we all know the oh what a night scene at Christmas, right. he got laid for the first time. Exactly. If he you lost didn't the, know, the yeah. yeah. If if you didn't know, my mom had to explain this to me that, um, like, the whole thing was like a double entendre for you know sex and losing your virginity. And once I knew that, like, once that, like, you know how in How I Met Your Mother, the glass shatters. Yes. You know what? The glass shattered for me. I was like, oh, this song takes on a whole new meaning. Yep. <laughs> I, I didn't even have any idea what the song could have been about. I didn't really think about it. But now you can't unthink it. You cannot. No, and I remember yeah. in 2013, it was. I was like, oh, my God, it's the 50th anniversary of the song. I hope Bobby's getting laid tonight. Like, that's exactly. <laughs> I think about that every December. I really that's do. That's hysterical. Oh, wow. Yeah. It the, yeah, the 50th anniversary of Bob's first time getting late. Yeah. Now that information is just publicly, it's just out there. Out there. Guys, I mean, if you want to, we're going to send Bob a card in December. If you want to sign your name to it, let us know. Send us a DM, silhouettes, JB podcast underscore. We'll put your name in it. It'll be fun. Bob, if you're listening, expect something in the mail. Um <laughs> hand deliver it to him in tennessee literally road trip trip. post rona road trip it's happening um so i put physical touch because you know you know my my, i love this when um the when the girl sits down next to him on the bench she's like what's your name he's like bob (laughs) (laughs) and there were like some of my favorite bobs they have always executed that moment perfectly. That's always oh, been better. like, that's like a moment where I like, I'm going to judge your performance as Bob right now. <laughs> based just on, on that, that line. Just on that line. That um, delivery alone. It's hysterical. So, and once, once, once you got it, it's like, you gotta, you gotta keep getting it. So physical touch. Um, but I, I definitely, would agree with you on your assessment and um i was just mine was just like a little joke but who knows um maybe he can explain it to us better one day um one day and then we come to the enigma nick massey um i didn't i didn't really write down anything for him because 
he's just all over the place. He he he's everything. He he needs he needs it all. I just want to hug him. I just want to get him into a big bear hug and it be like Nick. It's all good, man. Um, but I think for me, if I really had to think about it, for Nick Massey, his main love language. It's like a tie for me between words affirmation and quality time. Mm-hmm. But and we, we've talked about this, the two of us. But, you know, if, if Nick had just spoken up and he didn't have to explode at the half a mil scene, maybe things would have been different. Who knows? Who knows what the real story was? You know, because he died Christmas Eve 2000, you know, so if he spoke up and he was, we, we, you know, we, we, me and Gia talked about like a, a lot of his internal, internal monologue is like, you know, I wasn't included. I wasn't included in what I should have been included in from the beginning. I didn't, I shouldn't have even had to say it. And then when Bob, like I don't want anyone else invested in my in the group's future besides from me, Frankie. You know, he says they ask why why he left, and he says when I when, once it came out of my mouth, I knew that's what I wanted. But why was it what he wanted? Why did it come out of his mouth? Mm-hmm. That's what we think about. So definitely words of affirmation, and I think quality time kind of is tied into that. Yeah, I'm with you. I think def- I I do think words of affirmation because you know, like Nick was the one who trained Frankie in the first place, you know, like did he get a thank you or was it just like, yeah, like Nick's like my older brother kind of thing. And plus like Nick was the oldest out of all of them, so I can only imagine how he was feeling, you know, cuz he felt like he was the Ringo of the group. So he could have used that encouragement a lot more. You know, they figured that well, my opinion or my theory is that you know, like they thought like Nick was a constant. Nick was always going to be there. But on the other side of the coin, he's like, well, maybe I should start my own group. You know, he was joking about that. So I think he was always searching for something more or different or just just searching for not like acceptance because, of course, like they loved him, but just more of like. Just I know being it- shown loved more often. You know, like yeah, he, he more... needed to hear it and he needed to spend time with everybody and not, and not just Tommy in the room when Tommy was being manipulative and abusive. I love the scene that they added in the movie when, um, oh, it's it's a democracy, huh? you know, yeah. when they're in the accountant's office mm-hmm. and Tommy slams the chair on the table and Nick is just sitting there, sitting there. like, what the heck did I get myself into? Mm-hmm. What is going on right now? It, it just yeah well well even he he said he's, he's like the group comes first that's what he thinks about he so he's also like frankie where it's like it's a, the bigger picture nick is about the bigger picture and that that's why he exploded because no one else was seeing that you know except for frankie but at that point frankie like took the like i guess in a way like took the power of the conversation and said no we're gonna pay the debts and he's like you know what no i'm out you know because Nick liked to really assess the situation and, you know, and sometimes, you know, like people just get hot-headed and they say one thing and that's it. You know, it's like the end-all be-all, but Nick was never like that. So if everyone just had a civil conversation, then maybe that's what could have saved the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I don't think, like, I don't think he cared about acts of service. I don't think... Well, like, well, also on the surface, it's like it is physical touch too, just because of like you know, like the fun that they would have on the road. Um, no, but I think what he really wanted was some verbal love. Yeah, Nick. Nick is in the now, and he was he was always. He wasn't looking far ahead. He wasn't. He was always like, "What's happening right now? What what can we do right now? What?" can i say right now and he i guess he's i guess i guess it is possible to stay too much in the now yeah definitely. like to keep too much in the present and like not think about what you want to say think about how you feel you know 
Yeah, well, cause, yeah, think, well, if you think about it that way, Tommy is in the present, you know. Would you would you think that Tommy's in the present? I or, actually wrote some. I actually wrote this down. Um, it's funny. I think Tommy and Nikki live. They they both live in the mix of the past and the now. Tommy and Nick, really? Yes, I would say Frankie. They're always like the old neighborhood. This, the old neighborhood that. Wait, no. You know what? The feet's silly. The feet is silly. Well, yeah. Well, only the reason why I. I, 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 I was thinking about something yeah. else. I was okay. thinking about something else, but what were you saying? No, well, okay. So I think, well, Frankie, 100% the past because he's he's all about context. Frankie's about the context. Um, he likes to look back and see how it affects what's happening now. Um, Bob, like that's a done deal future. Um, but Nick, I think Nick is, you know, you're right. Like he's he, he really is everything and he's everywhere. Um, he is in the now, but... You know, he he splits his mind when he has to. If he's dealing with Tommy, he'll go back into that old neighborhood mindset. But when he's with Frankie, he'll understand. He's like, okay, well, like, all right, you're doing this. Like, so what should I do now? You know, and so he's also like, he's meeting Frankie in the present when Frankie's head is actually in the present. You know, it's like a -a whack-a-mole kind of game. You know, it's like you always have like, like out of like past, present, future, there's like two that are usually up. Um, so I think they, they all do meet each other where they're at, at some point, like no matter who you are in this foil. Um, but I do think that that frame of mind definitely affects the love language too. You know, that's why you need the words of affirmation because you need to have like, you need something like today. It's like, look, I'm like, I'm having a day. Talk to me. Mm -hmm. And it just didn't happen for Nick. Oh, won't you stay? Okay, Just a yeah. Little bit. Oh, we're recording. We're exactly. We'll stay. We'll stay. Gia, I'll stay. Don't worry. Thank you. I Just think- a little well, bit why longer. Why does everybody leave? Oh, perfect. Oh, perfect. Dude, she's great. She's really, she's been reading my mind all day today and then. She had this. She had this Michael Caine joke that she just kept going with it, and it was great. And now, no, this is. I'm lucky. I'm a lucky. Just, just for some context, okay. So my stepdad, <laughs> <laughs> um, he had uh is a few teeth extracted, and um, so he was walk. He was using a cane just to walk, just to be safe. So I was like, oh my god, Michael Caine, and I thought that was his like, name is Michael. His name is Michael. So Did I say he was that? walking with a cane. I no, no, you that. didn't say oh, it. Oh well, fuck yeah. His name so, yeah, is Michael Kine. And then she was like, hey, play Give Me Novocaine by like, yeah. like, Green hey, Day. Alexa, play Novocaine by Green Day. <laughs> it, was it was great. So okay. she's she's really on the ball. Um, so we're going to stay just for a little bit longer. We got a few games. Um, we got a, a few games planned. <laughs> a little bit faster now. <laughs> was by the Jonas Brothers and they are also a Jersey band. They are the four seasons of our time, they really but they're are. three. The three. They are the brothers the three. three. Brothers. The three. The, 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 yeah. Hey, they're the three they're the three lovers. They're the three lovers. Yeah. And more like the three felons. Yeah, but they were four. But, <laughs> but it's fine. <laughs> four felons. Four lovers. Like the four felons. I got no room on the jukebox. They're gonna be on that fucking jukebox. <laughs> so we got we got some we got some trivia games it's like jackbox but it's not on the computer and it's completely made up so it's probably not like jackbox at all um we're not sponsored by jackbox so this is not a plug for jackbox but it's fun so <laughs> so um so for our first game so <laughs> As we've already established in our show, I am Italian, David is Jewish, and so, but of course, as Sebastian Maniscalco says, and we would love to play the clip, but we shouldn't for copyright reasons, but he says, David, take it away. You know, Italians and Jews, very similar. They say, same corporation, different division. 
Exactly. And there, so, of course, there are major similarities, um, but also some differences. And uh, we're going to ask each other. Well, I'm going to ask David. I'm not going to ask you. I'm just going to bring up some points. Yeah, just blurt it out and I'll be like, funny. oh, Jewish. Oh, Italian. Exactly. So my first question was. Who drinks more wine per year? Is it Jewish people or is it Italians? Because, of course, with Jews, it's the Manischewitz. That's huge. So is it not huge? Yeah, people say it's like, like if I say to a Jewish person, like, oh, you got any Manischewitz? They're like, fuck off. No, I hate Manischewitz. Is that true? <laughs> so, um... Manischewitz is what we call kiddish wine. Um, it's like the stereotypical wine that you have on Friday night or on a Jewish holiday that you make a ritual. So, like, there's the we ritual blessings that we make over wine um, when we sit down to eat at a meal. So, um, Manischewitz, if you don't know, is very sweet, very fruity, um, pretty high alcohol level. Um, you can definitely get drunk off of it, but it's too sweet, too fruity for some people. Um, but it's like there's other brands um, that make very similar styles. But shut the fuck up, Nikki, and drink your wine. Drink your wine. Shut your trap. Um, so I totally Manish- fucked up that line. I feel terrible. Anyway, we forgive you. We forgive you. Um, That's strike one, though. It's strike one. Oh, stop. (laughs) You butchered like 12 lines before we started recording. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's putting me on blast, but it's okay. It's that accountability that keeps me (laughs) on the mark, right? Accountability can also be confused as like borderline abuse. So I don't want that to happen to anybody. Oh, right. If you. (laughs) It got really dark for a second. What are we doing? We're talking about wine. We're talking about wine. We're talking about Manischewitz. Um, So that's Manischewitz. Um, But a lot of of other people, a lot of other Jews, they like to drink different kinds of wine all the time. Every holiday, there's there's, um, the basis of every Jewish holiday, right? They tried to kill us. We won. Let's eat. I mean, that's it. That's it. But you add, you add a, there, there, there's another element also. They tried to kill us. We won. Let's eat. And then let's get shit-faced, right? Let's get drunk. Um, there, in, on, the, on the holiday of Purim, where we, uh, this, where we celebrate K- Queen Esther and Mordechai and King I Xerxes. I love that celebration. It's so much fun. Oh, it's so fun. Um, uh, Non-Jews call it Jewish Halloween. And it's basically that you get dressed up, you give out food to each other, and then, like, sometimes you get punched. So well, I don't it know. It's a masquerade ball. <laughs> it's me, right? well, because so the, the whole, well, the whole thing, thing that that's the whole thing with um, Queen Vashti, who was married oh. to King Xerxes. You know, he was throwing a huge party. It was a masquerade ball. Um, so that's that's the whole thing. But, um, so you get shit faced on Purim. Well, so it's actually in the laws, according to the holiday, you have to get drunk enough that you don't know the difference between the good of Mordechai and the evil of Haman, right? Wow. So you are instructed by the rabbis to get drunk. Um, there's there's a holiday that we that we celebrate called Simchat Torah. It's um, the pinnacle of all the high holidays that occur in the month of September. If you go to a Jewish school, then you know you have the entire month of September off. If you go to a public school, then your teachers get really mad at you for missing school. That's just the way it works. Um, and we we celebrate that you know we 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 finished reading the entire Torah. You know, the five books of Moses, we got to the end, the end of Deuteronomy, and we start from the beginning. So we celebrate that, and everyone just gets really drunk, right? So you, uh, <laughs> our producer Kanan came to a Simchat Torah with me at my synagogue, and he'll tell you he had a ball and a half. He was having a lot of fun. Um, so we're da- we take the Torah scrolls out of the ark, and we dance with them. 
but and they're huge and heavy. They're right? huge and heavy, and people are going with them like over their heads, going like that. You can't see what I'm doing because it's a <laughs> podcast, but um, they, they, Gia can see me because we're on Zoom. Um, so we're, they're going like this, and then so. At my synagogue, the way it works after, so after we finish dancing around the seventh time with the Torahs, we go outside and my synagogue is on this huge street with like six or seven lanes of traffic. Maybe less than that. I may be exaggerating, but the police come and they block off two or three lanes and we dance on the street with the Torah scrolls and everyone, you know, who's driving you know, they're with their phones. They're trying to grab videos, grab pictures like, what are these crazy people doing? And when I was at when I was in college, um, it was a huge campus. Um, and on Simchat Torah, when when I was when I was going when I was going to school, we walked to the quad with all the Torahs, all 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 of us Jews. We walked to the quad with all the Torahs and everyone, like, we were getting people to dance with us. Everyone was drunk. Again, going back to what we were saying. So, and then, so on Passover, we have to drink four cups of wine and it can be very strong and they are in very quick succession after each other. Um, and um, you have to lean, lean to the left when you drink. There's specific, like, you have to, when, when you pour the wine into the cup, you have to pour it over so that it flows over. So you're always drinking more than you need to. Um, now, I don't know the exact lifestyle of Italians, but I would venture to say all this to say that Jews definitely drink more wine than Italians. Wow. Well, you know, that's, that's amazing. And thank you so much for sharing all those really cool traditions because oh, I, sure. I, know, I definitely do not know like most of that um well so but wine is definitely a part of our like every day i would imagine like depending how like depending if you grew up with it or not because um of course you know alcoholism is a thing and i'm sure it affects some families more than others um but wine is in our food you know, we cook with wine. That's a huge thing. So it dissolves. Like, but in in that aspect, we definitely consume wine every day. Um, like, if you're like if you're if you're having pasta every night or you're having sauce every night, like then you're you're drinking wine. Um, you know, like my dad would always have his merlot. He loved his merlot. Like, you have your pinot gris. If you go for white, you know, like like it's it's always gonna be there. Um, so the frequency you know is often but as far like but there is no like signature day like to drink you know like you would have um oh we're drinking every friday every, every friday, friday yeah. and every saturday mm-hmm. yeah, so, for well, that's like a set like fun thing we don't have that but it's very cash and we drink when we want but we right. definitely drink a lot so yeah. i'm sure y'all drink a lot yeah. So it just it just maybe it just seems like it's more because we have set times to drink right you know maybe yeah and hey and of course as you guys if you guys follow us on instagram again at so the west jb podcast underscore um like we say a salute with the wine emoji after every post yeah so it's definitely a part of the culture but i'm not sure if it's like you know like a set um ritual so yeah that's the story so that's one aspect of jewish or italian bum bum but um, I was gonna do the NBC bum. I can't do it because of copyright. But I was gonna do that, but I didn't. So I did bum. Uh, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll create a theme song. It'll we'll be create. cool. Comment your ideas. Um, if you want to send us a theme song, that'd be cool. DM us at at silhouettesjbpodcast underscore. Um, yeah. Yeah. But the next one. Okay. So no, this is about Jewish and Italian mothers. Okay. I read this quote. I said, Italian mothers can be more Jewish than Jewish mothers, meaning that, and I've had this experience, an Italian mother who has a son never thinks that any girl is good enough for their son, and they will make their daughter-in-law's life a living hell a lot of the time. So you know what, is that You know what's similar? so crazy? I feel like Jewish moms are so... Well, of course, like, they want... Like, like, you, like they would want their son to marry a, a Jewish girl, but I feel like they're not that picky. Like, 
What do you think? Or as picky. It hits and misses. Mm-hmm. It's, I think, um, there's definitely that stereotype, and it's definitely true because I, I have, I have, ex- I haven't experienced it personally, but I have experienced it with other people. But I think it's it more goes to family to family. What really, <laughs> what really makes me laugh is that they judge your choice, and they don't like her or him, right? And then they're like, why aren't you married yet? And I'm like, well, why don't you tell me why I'm not married yet, okay? (laughs) Right? You know, so I think everyone, everyone's families is going to be judgmental of their, of their kids' partners. Um... Yeah, and and I and thank you for for using the word partners. I I do mean to say like you know just no matter what like no matter what the sexuality is, what the who the gender is, whoever like a partner in general will always be judged because because they're infiltrating the family in a way, and it does take years and years and years and years. And a huge thing with with Italians is that there's like everyone's roasting each other constantly, (laughs) and if you're not used to that, it's going to be really hard for that outside person to understand it or like to feel like. But but some for some people, it's a welcoming thing if they make fun of you, and it's really hard to tell. So it also depends on, you know, how much, you know, strength that person has to stay with the family. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Jews don't like to roast each other as much. It's more the New York Jews and the New Jersey Jews who like to roast each other. Um, the Florida Jews, maybe the ones by, maybe the ones like in Boca. Mm-hmm. Because the, I mean, That's where I live, Bo- born and raised, <laughs> Boca, New York. No, well, that that actually same raises corporation, a whole different division. Exactly, but <laughs> you raise a really good point because they don't. I don't. From my, from what I've seen with like my with the wonderful families that I've spent a lot of time with, um, they're not about. No, like, like everyone is is held to a very high standard for everything, for grades, for this is about like the Jewish families that I've 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 I love. Um very high standard, which is great. You know, they they push each other to be the best that they can. Um but also when you get like out into the neighborhood, it's all about bragging about your kids. It's like, "Oh, you know, like my daughter's at Harvard or like they're at Brandeis or wherever." And it's, it's like my mom, but my mom, my Italian mom, she likes to brag about me too. She's like, "Oh, my, my daughter's in New York. She's in Astoria." You know, like like they love doing that with their kids. Um but I am sure to like somebody like probably from the West Coast it's like what is with all these like parents like bragging about their kids so much like always trying to one-up each other with the success of their children so i think that's definitely a similarity i send her cash it goes in the drawer the washing machine breaks down she won't spend the money to fix it so she goes to the laundromat tells everyone she's frankie valley's mother So now people think I'm the kind of son who makes his mother go to the laundromat. Exactly. 100%. You know? Yeah. So it's like, like no one can win with the mother. Like the, and the older the Italian mothers get, like, it, they're set in their ways. They're done. Yeah. So it's so funny. Everyone's a bragger. <laughs> Everyone. Unless, unless your child is in show business. And then they say, oh, yeah, he's a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> or a doctor. That's so or funny. Or a doctor. Oh, my God. Like. I I don't I don't remember when it was that it stopped, but like I experienced this firsthand that my grandmother was always telling me, David, you have to be a lawyer, a mm-hmm. doctor, psychologist, you know this, you know. So I, I was getting it from the Jewish side. I was getting it from the Cuban side. Everything was roasting. Everything was this and that. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. and of, of every family is it the whole thing we're, we're not mean to you know extenuate the stereotype but it's still fun to poke fun at it yeah for sure yeah oh but it's great um question are jewish people not allowed to have caffeine on high holy days i was reading about this oh um no that's not a thing 
Okay, I was I've reading. Heard like, of. Wow. In some place, in some places, it's um, it's frowned upon, or like, like there are strict rules, like on like levels of caffeine. Um, but we can cut that out. That's fine. It's okay. All right, hold on. I've actually Last one. never heard of that. Look it up. I'll send you a link. Please. Yeah. Guys, we're always learning something new here. Yeah. You are. You are. Um, that's from my cousin Vinny. Uh, <laughs> all right and last fun question who yells louder at dinner parties italians <laughs> you think? for sure for right, sure wait, have, you because... have you seen annie hall one of the greatest no, movies of all time i know i'm horrible no it's okay Guys, well, of i course, just don't so watch Woody movies Allen is jewish and you know but he has a whole thing with like the huge family in brooklyn you know small house and he's like he's like oh it's like oh her husband's got diabetes he's like diabetes like no 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 and like they just like, go off about this one guy the two other people on the other side of the table are having a completely different conversation and it's so funny so i think honestly we're the same I don't know who's louder. If you think Italians are louder, I will agree with you. But I do think, depending on the family, we can definitely have a competition. Let us know in our DMs who's louder, Italians or Jewish people. You let <laughs> us know. Um, so I think um, I think this is a great place to stop. I think this is a great... We covered some really cool stuff. Um yeah uh tune in next week or tune in two weeks from now we drop a new episode every other sunday sunday kind of love um follow us at at silhouettes jb podcast underscore on instagram um listen to us uh silhouettes jb podcast wherever you can find podcasts we're on all major sites spotify apple podcast google podcasts anchor.fm anchor.fm they are the goats thank you so much anchor for hosting us and for letting us do what we want to do when we want to do it um we got some great stuff planned for you next week so tune it not next week two weeks from now two weeks from now stay gold stay fresh bye